0: It's, 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 it's a Godzilla shirt. I know right, it is. Right. Well, everybody, welcome to the edge of the headlights. My name is Rob, and sitting across from me is Anti Social
1: Marty. Right, right. You know, that's my role, right? Well, you see, here's the thing you don't need to hear yourself talk. I mean, we're insufferable enough uh, without hearing the echo in our own heads. Uh, but, you know, it, it is what it is. No, it's been,
0: well. As of recording this, there is a lot of shit going on in the world Right. In the crypto UFO world. First of all, tomorrow, live, NASA is going to be revealing their outline for searching for UAPs.
1: Hmm.
0: So basically, you're going to spend four hours, three hours saying, yes, we're going to do this, but we haven't started doing it. Right. A lot of double talk. I can already see it. Right. But you know what sucks? I'm going to have to watch it so I know exactly what stupid shit they say.
1: Yeah. Uh, the reality is what they're going to do is not go where they know they're going to be so that they cannot find them uh, because that's what they were told to do. Um, what do you mean? No one here. tells NASA what to do. Right. NASA is their right. own entity. Sure. Yeah. I uh-huh. don't <laughs>
0: Well, cool thing, Netflix is coming out with a new docuseries called Encounters, a four-episode investigation, and the, from what I caught, I read a little bit about it, one is going to be dealing with lights over at Texas Town, which could either be the Marfa Lights, right. Aurora Texas Sighting, or the Level Land Texas Sighting.
1: Uh, my guess would be, be Marfa, probably, but uh, I don't
0: know. Yeah, that one still hasn't been figured out what it is. no. And they also, they're also going to do, they will also talk about the UFO sightings around Fukushima. Oh, Area nice. of Japan, uh, Shag Harbor, and the Zimbabwe school landing. Oh,
1: yeah, nice, nice, I like nice. that
0: one because you're like, oh, that did happen, kids. Kids can't keep the shit straight.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's they, a, they a really story. They cannot tell cool a story. story. Yeah. No, that no, that, uh, that could be pretty good. Yeah. I seriously need to get my Netflix up back up. I'm so far behind on shit.
0: Well get it up. Do it. We make so much money. I know.
1: We just Well, okay, we like gotta we got, we got stop here, folks.
0: We don't make any money. But we need we would <laughs> like <laughs> we would like for you to like go rate our podcast. Give us five stars. Rate it if you like you think we got two stars in our summer episodes, go ahead, but we need a if you can rate us higher on like all your podcast listeners, right. it will get us better out there. So eventually, me and Marty can't afford right. to buy a Netflix
1: to, to get our Netflix and, yeah. and live like that.
0: Well, I had a I freaked my boss out, or at least the secretary, because oh. we have a meeting at eight o'clock. So I look oh. at down at my computer screen. It says, "Oh, it's 7.56. I get up, I stretch, and I, as soon as I get done stretching, it's fucking instantly eight o'clock. Oh. For like four minutes, I zoned out. I don't wow. know what happened, cause I'm like, shit, I gotta get to the meeting. And
1: I'm like, I just pulled a Mitch McConnell. That's wild, yeah. You're just like, oh, I'm just gonna stretch here for a minute. Ah, I where don't. Am I, I at? I'm serious It's Seven fifty-six.
0: I'm like, man. I gotta get to the meeting. I usually get there right. comments early. I Stretch. I Go back down. It's eight. I'm like, That's oh, where did the fuck wild. four minutes go? <laughs>
1: Uh, not the kind of missing time I'm used to hearing, but uh, wow, that's fucking weird. I think I had a mini stroke or something. Yeah, could
0: be, too. I'm, both sides of my face look even, don't they? <laughs> so far. So far. Uh, we'll see Also, you goes. see a side of my face start melting? Uh, right. I'm not making fun of, I've had friends that had strokes, there, right. but they said it's kind of, you can watch it when they have yep. it, and it's like the side of their face just starts melting because okay. it just relaxes. Yep. I'm also looking for anybody out there who wants to do palm reading because I got some weird marks on my hands. Hmm. I'm like looking on the things. I'm like, these marks are not on the palm read because I think about random shit when I'm at work. You're Instead right, of right. work, you know.
1: Oh,
0: Then yeah. the really big news that's hitting, have you heard about the Argent, Well, the Peru UFO mummy aliens thing that went on for four hours like yesterday? No. Oh, it's, it's massively all over the scene. They're talking about these uh, Hami Musan. He's a guy from... This Argentina, Peru, and he's like, yes, I have these mummy, alien mummies.
1: Ah. Well, I guess I did see something cro- come across, and I was like, oh, what is this? And just went past it so that it was another baby Because I get a lot of weird shit that just like rolls into my feeds.
0: Well, that's yeah, you look
1: at weird shit. Here's this.
0: No, but they had. I went on Reddit, and somebody had was. It's all in Spanish. Yep. There's no subtitles with well, this guy. He just kind of translated quickly. Uh, and he did a, It was a four-hour hearing, and it was was spoken in personal capacity by Dr. Jose Salas Benizzi, who had 30 years in the Mexican Navy, currently director of the Navy Scientific Health Institute, and was at one point the director of the Navy Medical Forensical Servi- Forensic Service. Uh, the bodies co- were covered. They showed the bodies. They had two mummified bodies, and they were probably like two and a half, three feet tall. Uh, the bodies are covered in diatomic white powder that granted desiccation for extreme natural preservation. When carbon dated, they came out to around a 1,000 years old. Hmm. Uh, they are tridactyl, three fingers, three toes, no carpals or tarsals, with fingers going straight to the arm bone. Uh, he had a, this translator had a hard time with some specifics around here, but they cannot grip thumb-wise and such have to wrap their fingers around an object. Uh, Circular, complete, and continuous ribs, having 14. Uh, Deep, concave, circle spine, the neck bone, with other features hinting that the head is retractable, similar to turtles. Strong, but very light bone structure, much like a bird. Uh, Pneumatic, air gas form cranial cavity, making a larger space for oversized brain matter. Orthopedic implants, perfectly fused with skin and bone, composed of what we consider metals... For spacing structures and equipment such as cadmium and osium, ocular orbits very broad, granting a wide field of vision. Uh, jaw joint, but no teeth. They could swallow foods, but not chew. I would hate that, cause know oh. if he had a really bad gag reflex. Hmm. <laughs> uh, spine connects to the center of the cranial floor, a rarity that does not occur in primates who have a rear positioning. Inact op... Intact oviducts, fallopian tubes containing eggs, alleges this is impossible to falsify. Very broad range of motion in their shoulder joints. Specimens have intact fingerprints that are linear and horizontal as opposed to human circular prints. Unique DNA not matching over a million existing sequences. 70% similar to known DNA, 30% unknown. Forevalence like lists that humans are less than 0.5 different to primates and 15% to bacteria, meaning that 30% or more of the specimen contains is far outside terrestrials' parameter. In summary, the bodies are non-human species presented an irrefutable difference to written biology taxonomy of the evolutionary tree with zero common ancestors or descendants. Hmm. Jesus. This whole thing, this event was spearheaded by journalist and ufologist Hami Musan, who testified under oath that the mummified species are not part of our terrestrial evolution with almost a third of their DNA remaining unknown, reports Mexican Media.
1: Hmm.
0: And Jesus. my boss brought this up to me. He's like, you're seeing this? This is, like, is going to be like alien Jesus is coming back. And as soon as I saw Hami Musan, I called bullshit. Right. Because he is a known shady character. Yeah, he's had claims as by self-proclaimed ufologists have been have not been proven, and Mr. Messina has previously been associated with claims and discoveries that later have later been debunked.
1: Yeah.
0: And my boss is like, "Oh, I don't believe you. That's bullshit. That's just what they're saying." Then I pull up this movie from Tubi, right? That came out in 2019, Aliens of Peru. Dun
1: dun dun
0: look what they have there. Exactly what they got in the fucking box.
1: Right. Uh, Yeah, like I said, as soon as he's involved, uh, and and he's done it to himself over many years, I I automatically start questioning the validity of anything he's putting his name to. (laughs) Because it just...
0: uh, Well, the the bad thing is, too, the whole shitty deal of it, he promoted this whole thing Right. You know who was there beside him? Oh, no. Graves. Really? Graves was there. And I'm like, that's exactly what you do not want to happen in the UFO world. Right. You, if you're saying you're credible, and you're next to a pretty well-known shyster. Right. That, you're done. Your credibility shot out the fucking yeah, door. no. It, Especially in the UFO world, if you want to have any credibility. I could be completely wrong on saying this, but... With Graves being in cahoots with Musaz, yeah, it, it's not good for the UFO community. His credibility just went in the shitter.
1: Yeah, to, to me, the questions I already had and we've expressed on here before, that just it neon lights them to me. You know, it's like, oh, you're hanging out with this guy. Yeah, so how much of yours can we believe and how much of it was composed by him?
0: Even if it was the you complete. Know, truth
1: right soon as you get associated
0: with certain people your credibility is done
1: right and and it would be different if, if this guy was somebody that was like well they, they've tried to push him out no they're straight up fucking hoaxes he has been involved with multiple times mm-hmm. uh, like I said there there is a certain amount where it's like okay yeah they're trying to bust down this dude's credibility no he, he's done that to himself it, when, when you're involved with this many straight up proven hoaxes and you're the one pushing them, your credibility goes to shit all on its own. And you know
0: do you know how long it took me to find that picture for my boss? I look out, I love watching a lot of UFO shit. It, right, right. But I'm like, as soon as I saw H- homies there, I'm like, Yep, this is done. Then he says, Oh, these are real alien bodies, blah 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 blah. They have a thirty eight page report and I said, First of all, where did they have the DNA tested? What lab right. was it at? There's none of that ever mentioned. Yeah. It's all in Spanish, but there was a pod... YouTubers are already talking about it yesterday, and they're like, it's all in Spanish. It was like... Then they're like, one girl could translate, but it's like, they don't mention a DNA lab. No, But there's probably, by now, by the time this gets out, there'll probably be subtitles for the whole thing.
1: Right. Yeah, even still, like, some of those... Some of those labs, the name they have for them does not translate. You will hear... You know, whatever the lab might be. Yeah. Uh, And, yeah, if there's none of that, it it just sounds, it it, it reminds me of. of, The guy with the big foot in the freezer. Well, well, no, I mean, it it harkens back to to the the P.T. PT Barnum days where it's like, Ma, come see the mermaid woman. You don't need proof, just look at it. And in this day and age, that, that shit doesn't fly. You know, it just doesn't work. It's a nice little oddity in a story.
0: What in South America? But, they, not not saying against anybody, any of our listeners in South America, but that's a very big, I'll say, an industry in South America. Oh yeah, it's just yeah. huge. Yeah, it's they believe in it wholeheartedly, right. and I believe in, there's something out there. Oh God, yeah, but not when you have an invasion of like five thousand. Oh look at all the lights, and it's like probably mylar balloons. If we're right. going to be taken serious talking about this, Yobosa, we need to be, I hate to say this, skeptical about some of this shit.
1: Oh, yeah. No, no. You've got to look into it and not just be like, oh, there's a light. It must be this. No. Uh, you, you have to really look at it through a skeptic's lens. You really do. Otherwise, you're falling for every single flash that you see in the sky. You know, and, and
0: it was funny. My boss said, you're going to have a whole episode about this. And I told him I'm going to waste like seven to ten minutes on it, and right, we're done.
1: Right, if that.
0: Yeah, because it's, like I'll just say this one last time, all the credibility Graves have is now shot out the window. Yeah,
1: in my opinion, it is. Yeah. Uh, and that just
0: hurts the UFO community. Yeah. Or any of the, UAP, the UFO community. It just hurts everybody. Yeah. So we're going to take the Wayback Machine and we're going back to 1986. Lame. Lame. What hey? <laughs> I just already graduated high school. What are you talking about?
1: Oh Jesus Christ!
0: Wow. <laughs> I was only 86. I've been three years from graduating. I was a freshman.
1: Yeesh.
0: Some of the things that happened in 86: February 9th, Halley's Comet reaches perihelion, the closest point to our sun during its second visit to our solar system in the 20th century. The first was in 1910. April 13th, the first child born to a non-related surrogate mother is born. And I remember that whole time after that happened. Oh, yeah. oh my god, was there all types of horror movies that came out with that. Oh
1: god, yeah. yeah.
0: Then you had April 14th, Hailstones weighing 2.2 pounds fall on Guapalaguni District in Bangladesh, killing 92 people.
1: God damn.
0: That's where they got that thing from Day After Tomorrow. Oh yeah. That's yeah, where they yeah. got it. Yeah. Uh, April 26th, the Chernobyl disaster, a mishandled safety test at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant Priya, ukraine SSR Soviet Union, killed at least 4,056 people, damaged almost 7 billion property, radioactive fallout from the accident is concentrated near Belisarus Ukraine, and Russia, and at least 350,000 people were forcibly resettled away from these areas. After the accident, traces of radioact- radioactive deposits unique to Chernobyl we're in nearly every country in the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah. Yeah. So that was just Good some times. of the fun stuff. So we're going to talk about... The year 96 had a lot of bad stuff. But I would have to say... I say 96? I meant to say 86. 86. 86. I don't want to get older. Right. But in 86, there was this big thing called the Hudson Valley... UFO flap, but it didn't just wasn't 86, it went from 81 to 86. Yeah, and today some people say it's still going on today.
1: Yeah, there are sightings constantly in that area. Yeah, uh, it's ridiculous how many uh, right up in there. And this, this like, area like, is literally, like two <laughs> literally in the fives to tens. <laughs> fives to <laughs> ten. Um, residents of the
0: Hudson Valley area, it's it covers like nine, like 10 counties.
1: Yeah, it's, it's basically it's, right northwest of New York. I think City. that's
0: kind of a misnomer because all of New York is just an 81 through 86. You all right? You having a stroke? No. Oh. Why not? I'm going to watch your face. I wish. See, you're getting old, Marty. You turned your shoulder wrong and it just went owie. No,
1: I screwed it up still well, a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, but some of the things they've seen, they've seen your classic flying saucers to big boomerang-shaped things to triangular ships the size of football fields. Yeah. Yeah, and most of them were signed up by Pine Bush. Uh, yeah. They're the 19... It actually, I mentioned the 1990s. Uh, the books on Invasion.
1: Yep. Oh, yeah, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just... There's a lot in there, and Marty... I'm gonna... Yeah, typically this thing is thought to have kicked off right in that 81 to 82... Uh, And that was really with the sighting of the big triangular craft followed by the boomerang stuff, which they, some question whether they're the exact same thing or not. Uh, But yeah, no, that's, I know one of the first ones was was Dennis Sunt had, uh, it's actually worked, this was, uh, this one actually is in 1983. This is when it kind of really kicked off. Uh, But yeah, March 17th was actually a, a local government worker up in this area I'd uh, been working for 17 years and his family had actually seen this thing flying up over their house and he said this thing was huge you could see the the shape of it was triangular it was as he described it was a dark gray metallic almost like a, a lattice work uh, kind of metallic uh, and and the thing in his words, looked like a floating city of lights. Uh, the thing was dead silent. Watched it fly over his place. They had actually gone around to the backyard to watch this thing fly off in the distance. And they are like, what is going on? This thing is massive. Again, it's... Ship is reported 300 to 400 yards. They're guessing the back end of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, and this the sighting of this thing kept coming night after night for many months down there, actually. Uh, at one point, uh, Interstate 84 was pretty much dead stopped because this thing was flying right over top of it. And everybody just kind of pulled to the side and just started watching. But
0: it was airplanes and skydivers. Right. That's what, right. It, that's what it was, man. You know skydivers, they can go horizontal instead of vertical? Right. They go horizontal, like Superman. Well, yeah.
1: They, of course That's normal. But yeah, no, this is, uh, there were thousands of people during this time that were watching this, including police officers, who were, there was one What year was this? uh, This was in 83, when this one really blew up. Uh, This is more of the big triangular stuff. Now, there had been sightings in that area, even before the 80s. There's a long history in this area of weird lights, weird things being seen.
0: Yeah, I got a couple here. I'll read you. I got, here's one from 1955. Takes place at. These are all from the National UFO Reporting Center sighting report. I just cut and clip and I'm using right. these. So if you want to see any more for any state, go to these guys. They got an oh, extensive yeah. library yeah, and they actually ridiculous. have pictures drawn. Certain people yep. admit pictures. And I actually think there's an audio file.
1: I don't want to listen to them at work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they do have some of them are on audio. Yep.
0: But they're actually, every day they're doing a different, more yeah. because they got new people running it. So go check them out at National UFO Reporting Center. Um, this one is from 1955, Rhinebeck, New York. It was October 1955 or 56. I was stargazing on a chase lounge in our yard, as I did so many nights as a boy. This very distant star, like like Point of Light, came very slowly up over the tree line from the southwest. When it got about 70 degrees o- overhead, it just stopped dead. I watched for quite a while and noticed that it was in a rotational lock with Earth and the stars were moving normally behind it. I couldn't get anyone to come out and look as they were all watching their first TV. Oh, <laughs> About wow. 30 minutes it began to move back the way it has come at the same rate and speed and disappeared below the tree line. We did not make this thing. Sputnik 1 was a year or two away, actually October 57, when it was first from being launched. Here's one. This one, I I like this one. 1957, again in Ryback, New York. The object was shaped like a kite and was a very bright yellow at first. It was jumping up and down three or four times a second and flashing at the same rate. It was moving very slowly southwest over the swamp towards the edge of Round Lake. Very suddenly, it jumped up six to eight feet and turned a bright orange still jumping and flashing as before. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, at this time I grabbed my sister and told her to look at it. It was just changed colors. What is it? She said it was a kite and said no one was and it said no, it's in the swamp. Who was going to fly a kite in the swamp? Then it just then it jumped up another 68 feet, changed to a hot rose pink color, still jumping and flashing and still moving slowly southwest. Now over and into the large trees that lined the lake. It went in between the trees, but kept a southwest direction until it was lost from sight in the heavy forest. I would estimate the size of the object, five feet high and perhaps three feet wide. It was a clear, bright day with a late easterly breeze. Oof. So it was going against the breeze, right? East, yeah. No, if it was the easterly breeze, if it was going with the breeze. Yeah. Okay. You need to correct me when I'm wrong. <laughs> here's one over Buffalo, New York. Is there anything in Buffalo? No, no nothing early. It's like Cleveland. Is it like stars. Cleveland? <laughs> it's, it's
1: it's the Cleveland of New York.
0: I was born in 1945 when I was 15 years. This took out place in 1960. When I was I was born in 1945 when I was 15 years old. I witnessed something along with a friend that I cannot explain. This has been on my mind all these many years. I think it was a UFO. Some in the early evening, while sitting outside talking to my friend, and I noticed an object in the sky. It was a cool autumn eve. That scrolls fly is about a half mile away at the side of a large natural gas storage tank. It was silent, and to my amazement, it was all aglow, and it seemed from where I stood as if it were molecules that were swirling around around it. (laughs) I think it was some sort of energy, but it did not appear overly large, maybe 20 feet in length or so. It hovered at the side of the tank, moved horizontally, then it moved straight up to the top of the tank, And then at the top of the tank, it moved a small bit horizontally again, hovered in the shot straight up into the night sky, and disappeared until it surprised me due to the precise movement it made almost angular. My friend ran home frightened, but I just stood there in awe. To this day, I wonder what I saw. Hmm.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah, that's all you ever see is interesting. I do. (laughs) right, we're going to do a couple more of these older ones and we'll get into more current ones. Let's go with this one, not a Rochester, approaching New York. 1965. My wife and I were driving from Brockport to our home in Rochester, New York. In the evening, when we spotted three bright disks hovering in the night sky, they were bright white in color and moved in tandem from one area of the sky at rapid speeds across the night sky over to where the airport was located. The next morning, an article appeared in the Rochester New Paper detailing a man who claimed that he had been chased by flying objects. I was teaching at the school in the Rochester Public School, and the next day students in my class claimed that the craft similar to what we had seen came down and hovered around their playing field. Here we go, 1966. Uh, Yep, okay. Nope, we'll get a different one. Don't like that one. It's pretty much the same for me. I I think I copied and pasted that one. Oh. Oh. Here we go. Let's pick one at random. All right going 1973, folks. I was two years old at the time.
1: Wow.
0: (laughs) So why? wow. Wow. While walking to another building for a lunch break, I and many other people saw this craft hovering over the city of Rochester for 20 minutes. I realized this had been many years since my signing, but I wasn't comfortable coming out with this until now, mainly because nobody believed me who didn't witness this event. I was working the Eight shift at the Eastman Kodak Company at the time. All right, I'm going to stop right there. You think they'd have really good pictures, Kodak Company, Kodak Film?
1: You'd think, but they're just the poor schmucks that are just oh, yeah, they couldn't afford putting the things together. And...
0: As many of us were going to lunch, we walked to the adjacent building to the Employees Cafe. On our way over, we noticed a guy looking up over towards downtown Rochester and pointing at an object in the sky. We were looking in an easterly direction there, about a mile or so away, about 2,000 feet up in the air was a sphere-shaped object just hovering there. It wasn't possible to see any distinct color except for the changing color lights. It would change from green to red to amber. Sounds like a traffic light, but seriously, this thing was seen by scores of people as others passed by. We pointed it out, only to be teased and mocked. There were about four or five of us who stood there at least 20 minutes and watched us out of pure fascination. The sky was clear and before sunset. All this object did was hover and didn't move at all. There was no other aircrafts in the area. A short time later, the other employees returning from their lunch. So looked at it and scoffed, Ah, oh, it's just a balloon. And some other cheesy, cheesy exclamations and continued back to work. At that point, I myself had to return to work because lunch was over. Needless to say, I never got my lunch. I was too fascinated with what we were witnessing. When I got home, I called the local planetarium to see if they saw anything. They saw nothing. I know what I saw along with four or five other people, not to mention the many other skeptics. I looked up as I was walking to my building, and it was simply vanished. The others see. The others saw it too. When I tried to tell others, they all just laughed, and because of this, I never spoke of it again.
1: Yeesh. Yeah, it reminds we'll me this.
0: It. reminds me of that scene from Heavy Metal with that great big sphere. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> fuck yeah. One well, with all the nose candy. Yep. Uh, good times, oh yeah. but yeah, no, it's uh, this whole thing. Yeah, like I said, the, the whole area up there is widely known for for incidents like this. But yeah, this this eighty one, there were so many people that that witnessed this stuff. Uh, the local newspapers up there actually did honest to god stories on it, not making fun of the people. You know what I mean? And yeah. at that time, it just was not heard of. Because I imagine a lot of the people in the paper had also been seeing these things. Yeah,
0: because what would you say? It's yeah. Like, how could you deny something like that? But I remember this. I was in high school at the time. And this was it actually, there was some in Omni magazine. Oh, this is where yeah. I first had when Omni was still around. Yeah. Good articles. They had like Bigfoot. They had scientific stuff. In there right. Too. But in USA Today, and I was all over there. And everybody just laughed at it. Yeah, they really like. Oh, this is just airplanes, blimps. Right. And I'm like, you gotta think about this. <laughs> Certain things don't do what these things have been reported doing. Right.
1: Uh, some of the stuff that that like these guys were seeing, uh, it, it was a lot of the reports of the ones that were flying over like I-84 multiple times. Mm-hmm. These things would be flying, would actually stop, go inverted, turn back around. The way they had just come and start flying again—it's an airplane. It, it it fucking stops. Like I said, even this—we had a week after the uh, Dennis's sighting of this. There's an officer, Andy Setoff, was doing the four p.m. to midnight, and he was up in this same area, and he was setting up basically uh, speed traps to catch people speeding. That's not nice. Well, I mean, it's not, you know what I mean. I he's know he's sitting out, uh, but yeah, he he seen a light coming across and he was like, oh, is that plane coming over? When he starts looking at these lights, he's like, no, this is way bigger than a plane. This is not a plane. And he starts seeing this massive thing. uh, Lighting up yellow or white and green lights on and off. uh, And just watches this thing float over him. Uh, Minutes later, about ten miles north of where he is, you have Ed Burns is driving down uh, Interstate 84. Mm-hmm. Uh, not super busy, but there's people out there. And all of a sudden, his radio went stupid. And he's like, oh, did I accidentally hit to a different channel? And he realized, oh, God, there's something flying up above us. Uh, him, along with 20, 30 of cars, basically pulled off onto the on-ramp to just watch this thing fly over. And it just goes along. Everybody just stopped getting out of their vehicles and is just... On this interstate, just Jeez. watching this massive thing go flying across. What was the date on that? Uh, that would have been the very end of March, so it's a week after the seventeenth. So twenty-fifth. So what there. year? Uh, this is eighty-three. Okay. When all that blew up. Okay, I got one for
0: you. I got one from eighty-four, and this is actually from a massive sighting, also. Yep. Date of this event is approximate. There were probably several hundred to a few thousand witnesses. I know of five witnesses myself. There was a report in Kingston, New York, Daily Freeman, and also on the local television news station, WTZA 62. I was 16, year old, 16 years old at the time. At home with my brother, 14, my mom, 43, my dad, 53. had driven his mom, 75, to Knock. holy fuck, and also to Ellenville to shop for groceries. About 8 p.m., my mom got a phone call from my dad, who was calling from a payphone. At was then the Great American Supermarket next to what was then the Great the Channel Mastery Factory. He told my mom there's a large, very large object in the sky traveling very slowly, and that many people were watching in the parking lot, and also cars were pulled off on the shoulder of Route 209, and getting on their cars to look at it. He said he first noticed it as he travelled northerly and appeared to be at the height of 2,000 feet. As it cleared the Shawagunk Mountains between Ellenville and Napanock and appeared to be about three hundred feet wide. My dad called on the house called on the phone because our home in Manichox was about twelve miles north and the object was headed toward us. He said to go outside to see if we could see it. So my brother and I went out the back patio facing southwest toward Ellenville and we could see it. So we, so we yelled out to Mom, who was still on the phone, and she told my dad we could see it, and he was still watching it from 12 miles away. Yeah, My mom quickly came outside and saw it, too. There were some trees blocking the view, so we ran to a large field behind our property to get a better view. Macturnock is elevated from about 200 feet above the edge of the cactus Hill Mountains with a view of about 50 miles to Sago ridge from the south of Allenville to the north of Rosendale, and Route 209 runs parallel to the ridge following the Roundout Creek. We could see the object was very large and had several white lights around it. There was no headlights like a plane or helicopter. There was no red or blue like some aircraft or flashing lights. More importantly, there was obviously no sound. It was a dark night and calm, but with good visibility. At the time, there was only one light visible at night from the Granite Hotel in Kirkhoxen, about six miles away. The object seemed very low in the sky below the top of the Sawa Gunk Ridge, so it had to be lower than to 1,000 feet. It moved very, very slow. It passed approximately over the Granite Hotel and then took several minutes before passing north of Matachonks Road, so its approximate speed was about 100 to 150 miles per hour. We then watched as it went out of view somewhere toward Rosendale about five minutes later. We felt calm and it didn't seem scared and didn't seem scared at any time during the events. A few words were said, partially because we were straining our ears to try and hear the object. Normally it's possible to hear cars traveling around two hundred nine about two miles away, but this night there was no sound at all. So we definitely would have heard pl- airplanes and helicopters if they came within two to three miles of our house. As this object did. Some news reports at the time indicated it was only small aircraft flying information, but there was no sound, and the object maintained a steady speed and out stood for about 10 to 15 minutes time frame, so it could not be explained as several small aircrafts gliding information. About 45 minutes to an hour later, my dad returned home, normally a 20 minute drive. His mom His mom did not want to talk about the event, but he told us at one point she got very scared and asked him to get them out of the area as they followed the giant object towards a large field near the Eastern Correctional Facility in Napatank. At that point, the object passed directly overhead. He said he could hear a faint whooshing sound. Then, as he tried to follow the object north on Route 209, he lost sight of it because the road had become completely clogged with cars. Normally There was very little traffic at night on this rural road, but hundreds of cars had pulled onto the shoulders so they could get out and look. But after a while, the soldiers the soldiers got not soldiers sold the shoulders shoulders big words that always screws me up got full of cars and people began stopping their cars right in the highway. It took nearly a half an hour for traffic to clear out after the object went out of sight. Apparently, the traffic jam was part of the reason it was so quiet that night. The newspaper ran a few small stories, both proving and disproving the theory of light aircraft flying in tor- tight formation. The television news had a story that same night. Signs were reported to stations from town all along the Roundout Valley and Route 209 all the way to Kingston, 20 miles to the north of our home. An episode of the television show, television show Unsolved Mysteries had a similar story out about P- Poughkeepsie, New York, that occurred around the same time, so it's possible this was the same objects we saw. Pukipsky is about 45, about 40 miles south of our home. Nobody in my family was drinking or using drugs at the time of the sighting. My dad was a manager of a factory. My mom a secretary. My grandmother was an active 75 year old with a sharp mind, who lived herself by herself until she was 92. My brother was a popular kid in school who liked sports, and I was a high honor roll student high on, on high school there's also many sheriff and state troopers who had seen the object as they tried to clear the traffic jam
1: Oh yeah. now the, the airplane thing is, is an interesting uh, piece of this story um, it is what they've used to debunk this and there was a group of people that started taking out their small Cessnas and flying in formation to mess with people Uh, what people were seeing in all of these reports were not a group of airplanes. Um, Even some people that actually did report the planes in. They're like, yeah, we saw something weird in the sky tonight, but it really doesn't match the last thing we were watching Mm -hmm. at all. (laughs) Uh, but, But it is what a lot of people gravitated to and held on to and went, nah, that's what it was this whole time. It's like, no, people are seeing this massive thing that is, they, they can see the solidness of it. Uh, it it's not just a, a set of lights in the sky. There's mass see, to it. You can see the solid, and I, and I understand that. Uh, where, yeah, maybe I can't see details, but you can see where the outline of this thing is. Uh, and also,
0: like with the planes,
1: too, they're noisy as hell.
0: Yeah. Th- th- if you have a bunch of Cessnas flying information, yeah. you only can glide for so long before you turn right. the engine on. You're not going 20 minutes glide time. No.
1: Uh, yeah. And like you said, yeah, there was a group of guys that did go out and do this to try to mess with it. But their stuff didn't start till after mm-hmm. this had already happened. And they were pretty distinguishable by people that had seen both. That yeah, that's not what we saw before. (laughs) This is clearly not what we saw before. This looks like five planes flying in formation, (laughs) Uh, not a massive city in the sky, which is how a lot of people put this. It was a brightly lit type city. Fine. It's
0: like the Montseny or China. Right. China. (laughs) No, but okay. I just told that article. This is from the same day. As this last one I read, the longer oh, okay. one. This one is just about as long, but it's fifty miles. It's, it's a town the town where it's reported from it was like fifty miles up the road. Oh shit. Yeah, let's see what they gotta say. It takes place in Rosendale, New York. I was thirteen, I believe, so it must have been around the spring of nineteen eighty four. I have been to bed. I woke up to to a lot of commotion, voices. I could hear my mother and brother speaking very animately. I walked out to our kitchen. And they were standing on the porch. I looked out the porch door, which faces west. I saw a family we were friendly with. They lived one town north us, standing on the porch with my mom and brother. They were all talking to each other in an excited manner. I was surprised to see this family on our porch so late at night. They were all looking up in the sky. I walked out the door and noticed as I was looking west towards Route 32, there were cars all stopped along the road, including police officers, ambulance, and fire trucks. Everyone was outside on the car and looking up in the sky. As I stepped onto the porch and turned to look southward towards the roundout creek, I saw a large object in the sky. It was difficult for me to remember now, but it happened 21 years ago. But I recall lights, a black space between the lights and an edge that wasn't distinct. I thought, that's got a, way more lights than a plane. The lights were colorful and pulsy, not entirely pulsating, but with a pulsating quality. Also, the size of it was enormous. It didn't make much noise. It moved extrusionally slow until it seemed to hover over the intersection of Roundout Creek and Route 32. I could hear the family and friends that were with us telling my mom and brothers they had followed it, but I didn't know from what direction they, they had followed it. Now it began to move slowly northward. Many people, including police and emergency personnel, jumped in their cars to follow it. My mom was eager for me to return to bed. The next day was a school day. That part always strikes me funny because I thought I was very agitated about what I had seen. I hadn't been in any trouble going to sleep. The next day at school, I remember talking about it in the class a few times, asking if other kids had seen or heard about it. Some had. I know the next day, the Kingston Daily Freeman reported a story about the sightings because apparently they had started quite a bit south of us, and continued up to the north. A lot of people were involved. Lots of policemen were, reports were made, along for, along with other reputable citizens. However, the day that the, the Kingston Daily Freeman reported that they had been told by military officials in Newburgh, excuse me, that this had been helicopters flying information. I remember huh. thinking that many helicopters would have made a amount of noise. And when everyone who was on the porch remarked how quiet it was at the time we were watching it. A few years ago, we were gathered with the same family and friends who stood out on our porch watching and said, hey, do you guys remember the UFO everyone saw that time? They nodded, but no one remarked further. And my mom seemed embarrassed by my candor, so I didn't push the issue. Sometimes I wonder if it was a dream, but I know that the newspapers wrote about it twice after the fact, so it couldn't have been a dream. Right.
1: Uh, Helicopters, uh, that's fucking preposterous. Unless it is, is a new magical... Helicopter we were developing that is completely stealth and quiet. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, we do have some that are relatively quiet for what they're doing, but they're still making noise. You're going to hear.
0: Yeah. Uh, and trust me, you can have a helicopter ten miles, eight oh, miles away, yeah. and you can hear you hear that. Yeah. whoop, That distinct. Whoop, 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 whoop. Yep. It's just the way they operate. Yeah. Unless that it is, is a stealth helicopter, we do have stealth helicopters. We, we do.
1: But even they do make a noise. It's just deadened from what a lot yeah. of uh, your standard helicopter is, but they are still they still make a chunk of noise. And if it was a bunch of them in formation, you would still be hearing something. Uh, yeah, it's not going to be the the deafening sound of your standard helicopter, but you still would be hearing something. See just how you, it yeah,
0: is. You would be because it's it's something. It's either like I don't know if we had the technology to make. Because there was reports that it was the military, they are making dirigibles, stealth dirigibles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what came out like 10, 15 years later. It's like, oh, yeah, that was just our stealth dirigible. That's why it moves slow. Right, but... Why would you have pulsating the lights right.
1: on it? Right, you, you covered the thing in fucking lights in fluid populated area northwest of New York City. The um, most populated in, right. in America. It's like, um, that, that doesn't really make a whole lot of fucking sense. If it was, it failed because everyone can see it uh, from miles away. So the see, stealth well, aspect's kind of yeah. gone. With
0: the with the Hudson Valley, that was the biggest thing in '86, but that was not the only thing in '86 with UFOs. There was uh, two other places that had massive UFO sightings, and that was 1986, the Brazilian UFO incident. Oh yeah, that was, took around on May 19th, 1986. At Sergio Monte de Salva, an air traffic controller at San Jose, Don's Campos Airport, spotted three bright lights hovering over the airport on the night sky at Guarava International Airport, detected contacts in the vicinity of Jose, San Jose de Campos. Sergio observed the object as a pair of binoculars, noticed that they seemed to emit a bright red light, but often changed colors to yellow, green, an orange light. Dimming the run lights, he noticed that the object seemed to approach the airport, moving away Moving away. once the lights were increased again. Basically, that's the toll sign that was around this airport, and they actually sent a aircraft, military aircraft up it. And the pilot, okay, skip that, it's like, hey, they called up these military people. Yep. Uh, the pilot approaching an out, at an altitude of 17,000 feet reported having detected a radar plot and having visual contact with the white light below its level then proceeded to climb, steadily maintaining itself 10 to, 12, 10 to 12 miles away and 10 degrees above his aircraft until it reached 33,000 feet. During this period, the pilot reported that the lights changed from white to red, green, and then went white again. The object was, following, was followed toward the sea until it was around 100 miles away from Santa Cruz, when the F-5 reached bingo fuel, which means it has to return. Yep. It can't go any farther. It had to turn base. At 1048, Annapolis Air Force Base launched... Their first Mirage 2000 interceptor of the first, yeah, Mirage's you'll fuck around with. them were at the top of the yeah. game for a long time. Those things are badass. The first air defense group, Jaguar, callsign JG116, who eventually obtained five radar contacts with no visual contact. At one point, the Mirage managed to get within two miles of one of the contacts, whose movement seemed to indicate zigzagging and 90 degree turns before it rapidly moved away. Despite the interceptor's supersonic speed, in 1993, interview on TV Global, the pilot estimated the object's velocity at Mach 15. Jesus. By 10:50, the second F.E.E. call sign JBO7 took off from Santa Cruz, reporting visual and radar contact with an object emitting a bright red light, according to the Brazilian Air Force report. After, <coughs> After an unacceptable attempt to close the distance, the light seemed to turn off at the same time as the radar contact was lost. Sometime afterwards, the controller of Santa Cruz Air detected 13 radar plots directly sure. behind the aircraft. Oh, instructing the aircraft to turn 180 degrees as the FEE turned, however, no visual or radar contact were attained by the fire. Another two Mirage 2000 interceptors were launched from Annapolis, but neither had any visual or contact radar in total. 21 radar points were attained during the incident. And they, these documents have been declassified. And this oh, yeah. And it's like, this is what they said in 2009. Uh, it's final consideration. The document stated, among other things, that the unidentified aerial phenomena was capable of varying their velocities to, from subsonic to supersonic, as well as hover, varying their altitudes to from below 5,000 to above 40,000 feet, emitting white, green, and red lights, or emitting no light at all, sudden acceleration and deacceleration, Turning with constant radius as sharp as ninety degree turns. Showing intelligence and their capabilities main distance from the observer as well as flying information, though not
1: being necessarily crude. Oh, man, I gotta quit talking too much. Yeah. F- fun fact, a lot of our planes we can turn at ninety degrees. This kills pilot. They don't <laughs> recommend it really go well because the entire frame of your fucking aircraft tends to bend and uh, becomes unusable yeah uh, we can do well what does it movements. it does it, the pilot kind of comes unconscious too well a lot of them will yeah uh, a lot in all of them yeah it's it's uh it can be done uh but yeah it tends to twist the frame of your plane yeah. past the point of, of being usable once you land it again. Another, there were a couple other big international
0: UFOs that have, oh, it's just weird that this all happened in 86. But I, a, I
1: do have a theory. And 86 is the year I first saw a fucking triangular one too, and that was 86. no yep. I no! everybody made fun of this one, That's that's a
0: Japanese airline, cargo flight 1628. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That over... This UFO incident was occurred on November 17, 1986 involving Japanese Boeing 747 Chicago uh, cargo aircraft. The aircraft was en route from Paris to the Narita International Airport near Tokyo with a cargo of uh, wine. On the River Ye- Ridgevac to Anchorage section of the flight at 1711 over eastern Alaska the crew first witnessed two unidentified objects to their left. These abruptly rose from below and closed in to escort the aircraft. Each of the two regular, rectangular arrays of what appeared to be glowing nozzles and thrusters, though their bodies remained obscured by darkness. When closest, the air cabin was lit up and the captain could feel heat on his face. These two crafts departed before a third, much larger, disc shaped object started trailing them. Anchorage Air Traffic Controller requested an oncoming United Airlines flight to confirm the unidentified traffic, but when it and the military aircraft sighted JL 1264 at about 1751, no other aircraft could be distinguished. The sighting so lasted 15 minutes, and ended in the vicinity of Denali. There's a lot of that too, where oh, it's just echoes and that. Yeah. But I'm sorry, I have to believe when all the pilots, this this pilot lost his job.
1: Oh yeah, this guy. Him and fucked. his
0: co-pilot and the aviator, they yeah. all lost their job because this
1: no, this thing was big as an aircraft carrier. Right. They they refused to back down. Wow, when when they were like, oh, that's not what you saw. They're like, no, this is what we saw. And yeah, those three guys got fucked. Their careers were screwed.
0: They were um, popular for a little bit. Then the the airlines like, now we don't want to deal with this crap. Yep,
1: yep, yep. We're not gonna be involved with this because go.
0: they, that's their livelihood. This, if you're a pilot, I'm assuming I'm not a pilot, but I'm assuming it's especially commercial. You have to put in a lot of flight hours. Oh, yeah. You have it's to a work hard. And it's like you get paid good money, I would think. Right. But. That's not something you worked hard for. You are just not gonna give it up because hey, I seen a UFO. Yeah. Uh, flip it like that.
1: I, I'm gonna make a thousand bucks for fucking telling people I saw a UFO. Yeah. And yeah, it, it ruined their careers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, I, I think they they never lost their licenses. And if I remember correctly, the actual pilot ended up working in small place, but it, he was long done with being able to be doing these 747s, the seven forty sevens. Yeah, but they didn't trust them. No, they were like, no, you can't do this. Yeah, it seems like he ended up getting a job. Some smaller place hired him just for kind of puddle jumping to here and there. And just a a big demotion, really, uh, when you're at that level.
0: Well, let's see. We talked about uh, Brazil, Japan. Now we're going back to Russia, back to the USSR. (laughs) And 86, January 29th, at Delonorskiy. In the small mining town of the far east of Russia, that cold area, reddish severe flew into town from the southeastern direction, crossed part of Delonogorsky, and crashed into Ivesta Kovavana mountain, also known as Height or Hill six eleven because of its size. The object flew noiselessly and parallel to the ground. It was approximately three meters in diameter, of a perfect round shape with no projections or cavities, its color is similar to that of burning of stainless steel. One night One witness said the object said the speed of the UFO was close to 15 meters per hour. The object slowly descended, ascended and descended, and its glow would heat up every time it rose up on its approach to Hill 611. The object jerked and then fell down like a rock. Hmm. Jesus. We talked about that in our Russia 27-part miniseries. Right. right, Right. If you want to check it, we probably got it mentioned there in a lot more detail.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think we did. But, yeah, it's, uh, uh that's kind of So with all these
0: aircrafts around, there had to be someone flying it, right? Right. Well, there's actually some reports of aliens tied into these. Yeah. This one I can't relate. Really, Mike, because uh, I don't know. We'll throw this in there. This one came from 91. And this is actually from Scarsdale, New York. Oh, okay. And But the Hudson Valley thing is still going on.
1: Oh yeah, no, absolutely.
0: Uh, let's see, this one have you alien in it? No, nope, this one does. Um, <laughs> it's from what well, I don't mean to laugh folks, I'm taking this serious. It's called Guard Dogs on the Hunt. I was asleep in my bed with my former husband when I was it intention- was internally awoken by an evasion of killer dogs. Sounds funny, but not. I was immediately terrified and hid under my covers all the time, seeing it happen and sweating profusely. The dogs were Rottweiler in nature, stood in their hind feet only, carried laser rifles with backpacks, and ran in pointing the gun nozzles at my face. Then they retreated back out of my front door to my suite. When When I knew I could uncover myself, I did so. I was paralyzed with fear for quite some time, and as you can see, it was, and is very serious business to me still today. Wow.
1: That is uh, one I've never heard before. Uh,
0: no. Yeesh. I told you that last week. I'm like, I got yeah, some stuff you haven't yeah. heard, buddy.
1: <laughs> I, I was looking around, I was like, man, I'm not coming across anything super crazy. Uh, I find the crazy stuff.
0: Jesus. Here's another one. It was Mayor or... Eight, this happened in 90. So... This all happens in the Hudson Valley area. This yep. comes from Buffalo. So it may be after the big flap, but it's still ongoing to this oh, day.
1: Oh, yeah. No, there's still. I just like no know
0: what's there, but I do have a theory on it. Right. It was May or April of what I want to say was 1990. I was eight years old, and it was early in the morning. My father was moving, was in, has a morning ritual of making coffee first thing, and he had just gone downstairs. My room was uh, has the stairs on the other side of that bed, of my, head of my bedside of the room. I remember I wasn't thinking anything in particular, and all of a sudden, about a foot to a foot and a half blue male, bald head emerges from the wall and looks at me. It was an adult male head, slender nose, recessive traits for the chin. I don't remember if the earlobes were attached or not, and I do not recall if I could see through him or not because he seemed to spend enough time contemplating what was happening. That was really hard to read. <laughs> I was shocked at this occurrence and quickly turned over with my face in my pillow. I stayed that way till my father returned upstairs. I assumed that was about an hour later. When I heard that he was ascending the stairs, I had asked him to check my room and wall because I wanted to make sure it was still there. He assured me there was nothing out of the ordinary, so the whole encounter had lasted for me about a minute in total. Though I don't know how long the entity or manifestation remained, I do remember... That it only emerged to reveal from the tip of the head to the top of the shoulders. I didn't see any arms or chest or anything else. It didn't speak. It may have attempted nonverbal communication, but I had no training of awareness of what that would be. I don't remember any rogue thoughts or feelings. My expression was neutral. That is all I recall about the experience, and I have had no other encounters of the type since. Hmm. hmm.
1: That's all you got that, that is, man. that's uh, unfortunately, like these stories here are all involving people that were in the middle of a sleep or just waking up. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean and and there there is always that that idea that that maybe you were in kind of that still half awake state um, but i I will say during the the 80s flap in Hudson Valley, there is a a very famous person who had property on the very edge of this Hudson Valley estate and then had a a very famous uh, encounters with beings. Oh, is he uh, the book guy? Whitley Stryber's Communion. uh, Mm -hmm. That was 85 when this occurred in the Hudson Valley area. Uh, If you don't know what that is, Look it up. Basically, he had multiple contacts with these uh, extraterrestrials that over the years had kind of talked to him and and done whatever. Uh, Christopher Walken played him in a movie Mm -hmm. for his book, Communion. Creepy visuals in some of that movie that to this day creep me out. Uh, But yeah, I, I didn't realize that that was actually where that had taken place as well. It was like, oh, I remember that. oh shit, that's right in the middle of this 85. And, yeah, they had had this, uh, they say it's a cabin, but it's way, way bigger than you picture a cabin. It's a pretty nice little uh, estate house. But, yeah, they are on the very edge of the Hudson Valley when all of this was taking place and his initial contacts with these things. So I was like, oh, I did not know that's where this was. I wonder uh, if you had, I,
0: have, I have two more reports I got to right. read. This is the last alien one. It's really short. Trust me. This happened in 98. On November 13, 1998, and this is from Maybrook, New York, still in the Hudson Valley area. Right. On May 13, 1998, I was eight, 11 years old. I woke up and saw three aliens in the shape of bowling pins standing in the hallway about five feet from my bedroom doorway. They just stood there staring at me. They glowed a white color, but did not illuminate anything around them. I could not see any eyes or mouth. I wasn't too scared because on November 7, 1997, I saw the same kind of alien hover out of my bathroom. Oh. I watched the three glowing aliens for five minutes, then I hid under the sheets. I haven't seen any more since
1: then. I, I would kind of be thankful not to see that. Uh, that seems really horrifying to me. What, bowling pin? <laughs> Yeah, right, it just, it, uh,
0: just kind of kind of gives, gives new meaning to the word uh, Yeah, Right, right, <laughs> Jesus Okay, we're last one we're going to skip down to Georgia oh. in 86 This happened in Riverdale, Georgia My husband and I moved into our new condo in Riverdale, Georgia after our third daughter was born She was born April 1986 and this sighting happened in the fall of 86 I believe it was near the end of October Or the beginning of November. On this night, my husband and I had put our three-year-old daughter to bed at about 9 p.m. We stayed up late watching TV and talking. At around 3.30 a.m., I was sitting at the end of our bed watching an old movie on TV. and My husband was lying on our bed watching the movie. As I was watching the movie, I realized I could hear this sound coming from outside of my bedroom window. At first, I didn't think much of it, but then I thought to myself, what is is that noise at 3 in the morning? I sat up straight on the end of the bed and listened. It was a vacuum cleaner. Who would be vacuuming at 3 a.m. in the morning? And outside, I said to my husband, someone is vacuuming this late at night, or should I say this early in the morning? I asked him, do you hear that? He said, yes. I said, is someone drunk or is something, or something? why would someone do that? He said, I don't know, someone being crazy. I said that I couldn't understand why they would be outside on the patio vacuuming. We had square cement patios off of our dining rooms in the backyard. We lived in a two-story building, so our bedroom was on the second floor. I was trying to make sense of hearing the vacuum cleaner running at 3 a.m. I told my husband, maybe somebody knocked over a potted plant or something and they were cleaning it up. But at this time, I said I was going to look and see who it is. When I got to my bedroom window, I slowly opened it so I, whoever was outside would not know that I was watching them. I was going to say something to them. I just I just watched wanted to see what was going on. I pushed my face against the screen, looked down below to the direction of where I thought the noise was coming from. I was expecting to see a porch light on and someone vacuuming their patio. I know this sounds crazy, but it's true. There was no light on. It was totally dark on all the patios that ran along the back of the buildings. I thought I thought was what I thought was, was vacuuming noise. No one had come out. There was no one out here. I was pushing my face against the window screen. Have <laughs> you ever done that? I was like, oh yeah. Nope. yeah. I was, window screen looking back and forth across the deck of the building. Nothing. I had been hearing this vacuuming sound for about five minutes by then. After finding no one down below vacuuming the patio, I was confused and looked out over the backyard. It was a big open field with a row of trees stretching across the back of the field. I still heard the vacuum cleaner running. I don't know why, but kneeling on my knees, looking out the window, I slowly looked up. What I saw took my breath away. I had to make I had to make myself breathe, my mouth hung open, I could not speak. I could not be seeing what I was seeing. There above the trees of a little to my right was a spaceship. I remember shaking, my mind was frozen, as were my eyes, to this huge, massive thing floating above me in the air. All I could think of was to call my husband over as over he has to witness this. So, later on, when I told people they were not telling me I was dreaming at all, I could still hear the vacuum cleaner sound. It was coming from the huge spaceship. I remembered in my state of shock, thinking, how can this massive thing only be making such a small sound as a vacuum cleaner? I called my husband. Excuse me. (coughs) I called my husband. But dared not look away for the fear that it might take off. I could not take my eyes off it. I wanted to remember everything about it. I called my husband again. He was getting annoyed because he was tired. Well you're up at three AM. You've right. already been in bed, dude. All right, it's three. What he said to me as I was trying not to pass out from shock and fear. Come here, oh my God, come here. You're not going to believe this. What is it? he asked. You won't you wouldn't believe me if I told you, I said to him. My husband gets up off the bed and walks over to to where I am, bed sounds and looks out the window. He was looking down below and not straight ahead. What is it, he said with anger in his voice. I pointed up to the sky and I said, look, over there, my husband's knees gave way, and he was kneeling beside me, staring at the huge spaceship. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's all I could say. As we both knelt out there staring at this thing, I asked my husband, do you have any film in the camera? He said, no. We just kept staring. We both were in shock. Oh, my God, is all we could, only one of us could say. I wanted to run and find the camera, but I was afraid it would be gone But when I got back. I wanted to stare at this thing for a long time as possible could before it flew away. I noticed that the trees underneath the ship were not moving. You would think that the force of the engine would have been making the trees dance around like they were standing still, but I could hear the vacuum cleaner sound coming from the thing. I said to my husband, let's try to remember everything about the way it looks. I told him, how could such a huge ship make such a sound as a vacuum cleaner? He said he did not know and kept staring. At that moment, a chill went through me and then fear. We were staring up at this thing. What if they were staring at us? I told my husband to get down, so we both went down on our hands and knees to where just our eyes were peeking over the window. I said it. I said it. Uh, <coughs> I said if I see a beam of light coming towards us, I'll have a heart attack. My husband said, you and me both. This whole thing lasted for about three minutes from the time my husband came to the window. I would describe to you what he saw. It was huge, it was as wide as a football field, and it was perfectly round. Mm. It was shaped like, the best way to describe it was a round football stadium. It was like the old one in Atlanta. It was thick on the sides, not like a saucer. I saw what was made of some sort of black iron or metal. I could see metal beams crossing at different points and some kind of huge bolts holding them in place. They were round-shaped humps of metal going in the beams. It was A row of lights going through the middle of the whole ship. I think the lights did not go on until I start, it started to leave. Because as soon as I noticed the lights, the vacuum sound got higher pitched as it slowly lifted up. Then, with the sound of when it took off within three seconds, it was a tiny light in the sky. We were in shock. We just knelt there in silence. I don't know how much time passed before we could talk. It was amazing, shocking, frightening, and thrilling. My husband doesn't want to talk about it. I cannot sleep. I cannot wait till. It was late enough to call my family on the phone. Well, a couple of hours later, my phone rang. It was my sister yelling at the other end of the phone that a UFO had been seen in her town that same night. She lived in Nuanon, Georgia, almost an hour away from me. I told her that I knew that my husband and I had seen it. Oh. Ooh. See, but this just wasn't in Hudson Valley. 86 was a bumper yeah. crop for every right. weather. So I don't know what was going on on Earth. If aliens were visiting, everybody knows my opinion on this. Why right. were they coming to Earth in 86? What was so going on in 86 besides Chernobyl? What was so massive that these other intelligence had to come here?
1: I don't have an answer. I do. Uh, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I I don't know. i There's there a lot of weird things, actually, even just up in Hudson Valley when this was going on. Uh, there there were also at the same time a lot of reports of sounds coming from underground while these yep. things were flying around uh, which led a lot of people to believe that there were bases under the ground up there uh, and weird noises underground are not, I mean it's not common but there are stories in that same area over years and years and years of weird sounds underground um, bases I don't know but it is kind of odd that, that they were coinciding. Like I said, it it kind of blew up uh, alongside each other and became the the predominant theory for a lot of people up there. Mm. That oh yeah, it's just bases under here, and that's what that noise is. That's why we're hearing them. That's why we're seeing them. But do you know how big a p- entry you would need for for a ship that large? You Football, think we would found that? Yeah. You need a door that's it, bigger than okay, a it's, football it's, stadium. Unless
0: you've been to a, like a baseball stadium or football stadium, right? When someone says them words, you have this visual picture. I mean, you have a visual picture. Like, right. oh, it's a big building. You don't. It's, you don't understand how big it is till actually yeah. you are standing in front of this building. How massive it oh, is. Yeah. How much of a square footage it takes up. What kind of footprint it has on any city. Oh yeah.
1: It's unreal. If you
0: if you go to Google right now and like, go over like Detroit, uh, Denver. You will instantly see where the football stadium's at. Oh, yeah. Because it has such a large what brand?
1: Right. Just the building itself, not including the parking lot. Right, yeah, just, yeah, the, the structure itself. Yeah. Fucking unreal how big they are. But
0: 86 was also a good year because you know what turned on in 86?
1: Oh, God. <laughs> what have you done?
0: 1986, heavy. Oh, God, why did I print this off in blue? I can't read it. I don't know. 1986, heavy ion collision begin. Oh. Ion collision. Theory predicts that just after the Big Bang, the universe was too hot and dense for the existence of familiar particles such as protons and neutrons. Instead, are under these constituents the quarks and gluons. And Roman Frulli in the particle suit called the quark-gluon plasma. To investigate this possibility, in 1986, CERN began to accelerate heavy ions. Nucle- nuclei containing many neutrinos and protons in the super protro- in the superproton synchrotron cyclotron. The aim was to decofine the quarks by smashing the heavy ions together into approximately targets. The first experiment used relatively light nuclei such as oxygen and sulfur and produced results consistent with OGP interpretation with no real proof. So, in 86, they were doing experiments, and they were using, actually, technically, they were using bosons, weak bosons. Yeah. So, that already means they already started missing, looking for the Higgs boson back in 86. Oh, yeah. Uh, so they were. Maybe that's what drew all these spacecraft here. They're like, great, these guys are going to destroy the planet. Uh, but that's what happened in 2012. We went to a different are Right, we're good. right.
1: Oh, that is... Hmm. Everything always goes back to CERN. It seems to. Uh, let's be real. It kind of seems to. uh <laughs> not pointing any fingers, but. Yes, we are. <laughs> I don't, I'm not pointing fingers. I'm pointing my whole hand. Uh, right. Fingers forward,
0: so no fingers are pointing back at me. A couple of hands, like, come on. Yeah, no, but there's weird. there's so much 86. I remember freshman year for me in high school. It was, that's kind of what really piqued my interest in UFOs was back in 86, but there was just massive, and I remember made, being made a fun in school, and I don't fucking oh, care. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, it doesn't, even back then, it bothered me a little bit, because I still my front right. of years, but after the next summer, when I was sophomore, I'm like, fuck y'all, it's just real.
1: Right, right, yeah, like I said before, there was a lot of that, in that same time, I was a bit younger, but it was like, a bit. No one else is going to bring it up, I'm not going to say anything about it. And I don't trust any of these motherfuckers enough to be like, hey, guess what I saw, uh, because I just don't, because man, if that gets out, they're fucking ruined, You'll be ruined. (laughs) You won't. And here we Uh, are getting paid 10 cents every two years to talk about it right now. (laughs) Five, 10 cents a shot. Here we go, guys. Uh, But, yeah, no, it is intriguing, really. I did not realize... They had started messing with that already. Yeah, they were
0: messing with trying to figure out what happened right after
1: the Big Bang. Right. What happened well, when, when the you throw these things together? How, and all of a sudden, like react? in eighty
0: six you have Brazil, Russia, <laughs> right. Most of North America. Oh, aliens. But I didn't hear any reports. I tried to find reports over Europe, couldn't find fucking any. Really? Also for the Russia one.
1: Russia, right. yeah.
0: Well, really? yeah, I didn't look up I should look at the Belgian one. I don't know when that would happen. That was maybe that was the Belgian triangle. Um,
1: uh, mm, I want to say that was a little bit later. I want to say that might have been actually 87. Uh, uh, but yeah. Let's hang on. Still, talking, uh, you're go in go that go. same time frame, basically. You know, it, it's very similar. Maybe they were the group that got here last. It's like, oh, great, nobody told us. We were supposed yeah. to come check on these monkeys. <laughs> and here we are, last to the party. As went from
0: 89 to is 89, mm, so okay. the Belgian UFO wave. Yeah so they probably yeah the particles just got out there and they're like oh what's this first yeah, contact
1: nope <laughs> these guys aren't ready nobody else likes those guys so nobody like gave them a heads up hey you need to go check this place out <laughs> Goddamn reptoids they're, they're off in another part of the fucking galaxy they're like Wait, where'd everybody else go what's <laughs> going on here why'd you leave me at the party I got <laughs> left with the bill I picked up a radio message from uh, way over that way there shouldn't be anything out there we should go check it out <laughs>
0: Yeah, so 86 was a good year for UFOs, folks.
1: Yeah, no, apparently. Oh, my gosh.
0: So I have
1: nothing else. What about you, Marty? No. Uh, the Hudson Valley stuff, there is plenty of uh, different shows have done episodes on it. Uh, I think even Ancient Aliens has done one where they've talked about Not it. Not swearing
0: your house like that. Right,
1: right. But, yeah, no, It's most most of the UFO investigation shows have at least done one episode on on the 80s. Uh, hudson valley and most of them run. blow it
0: off don't don't let them blow it off because yeah, right there's a lot of interesting stuff it's, there is that, well, i had like a stack like a half inch thick i didn't even read most of them when we be here yeah to, no four, four fucking hours
1: like, mm, throw that one over there yeah but yeah no it's a like i said it, to me it, it's what makes that one so compelling is just the sheer amount of people that saw these things at one
0: time yeah
1: it's not like oh they saw it. oh they saw it no, multiple times there were highways that were completely dead-stopped because like, everybody what the fuck was is pulled this? out going, ooh, you gotta see that, right? I'm not just really see, selling I found it interesting, too, that
0: this whole time, in 86, our Air Force was good. Yeah. But then there's not any reports of military aircraft, because as slow-moving as these things were, Right, you've got to figure out. The police officers are calling.
1: Hey, you
0: guys got anything flying out here? If not, you better come check it out.
1: Yeah, because you know damn well most of those police forces, because there were airports, a lot of them in that area. Actually, yep. little ones and then bigger ones right out of New York City uh, airfields. There are reports of a lot of them calling those places and going, "Hey, you got something up? No, we don't. We don't have anything." You'd think that with all the other different. Uh, cases where we've seen shit flying off somewhere. Yep. And they call jets out to go look at it.
0: But there's been no, there's, there's no reports of military no, activity. Not a
1: single one of the stories that comes out of this five-year, six-year time frame involves. Yeah, later, right after that, we saw helicopters falling where this thing went. Nothing. There, there's no military interaction up there, and it's not like this is you know just the middle of of tundra canada where there isn't anybody there i mean this is a heavily populated area yeah it's i mean it's it's wooded it, but heavily populated. This area, but it is a lot of people in and out of that area not one not a single story i found at all ever involved any talk of of military planes helicopters anything investigating these which is kind of weird s- yeah um, or did they actually know the aliens were there, and they're like, right. "Hey, you
0: come fuck with us, we'll shoot you down," so leave us alone?
1: <laughs> yeah, right, or, or is it something like, "Hey, some of them were up there taking a tour"? You know, yeah. like I mean, it, it's it, it's weird. It, it is really out of character in the normal uh, for this UFO American stories. military. It's like, hey, some yeah. we go ape shit over balloons, right? But
0: I'm just saying. It's just yeah, it's just, yeah, it just doesn't
1: make a lot of sense. Something this big, this slow, that this many people are seeing over a long period of time. There should have been at least a couple stories of like, Oh yeah, I saw a couple of jets come flying up after that. Nothing. Nothing. No one reports this at all. And this is police, you know, <laughs> EMTs, all these people that are seeing this.
0: But they're just seeing airplanes. Right. It was it was, it was
1: massive uh, coordinated events of, of Cessna's trying to hoax everybody for five, six years. You know, they did and making good job. it look like a gigantic uh singular craft. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's exactly what Cessnas are good at. Everybody knows that. <laughs> the <laughs> camouflage of, of the fucking skies.
0: See so we need one of those to come over to <laughs> your house, Marty. Or we're I, that'd I, be awesome. That
1: would be fucking fine with me. That yeah. would be cool as shit to see. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I think of the the Georgia story. Yeah. And how would you feel, like seeing that, like honest to God, putting it in in their shoes? It's like, what, what, what do you do? Like, I mean, you, you can't, can't do, do anything. Anything, it. Just like you go into shock. You're, you but know. it's just like, oh, no one's gonna believe when I tell <clears> you.
0: <throat> but I find it funny. She actually mentioned, is there camera? Is there filming the camera? And he's like, no. <laughs> he's <Right>. just like, <laughs>
1: right like nope. There's no film. Nope. I got nothing, man. Yeah. But that's just a, a really really cool but really unnerving yeah. and, and i do get that feeling of paranoia i've been there too where it's like wait a minute if i'm seeing them i'm standing right out here what if they're watching me <laughs> i better go inside and peek through the window shades. then they won't see me yeah they can't see me now yeah they have technology to, to get here wherever but they can't see through this fucking venetian blind uh, but <laughs> <I> <laughs> right. picture you going like this, <laughs> right. in yeah. little granny. granny, <laughs> <Put> pulling <laughs> the thing down. Cats all fucking tearing the side of it up. But yeah, no, it, it's it's an interesting case. Like I said, if you want to look into it, there's plenty of videos and a lot of people have done stories on this. Yeah, and there are plenty of stories to take from it. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's all about tying the puzzle pieces together. Right, but yeah, it, it's especially it's with bowling pin aliens. Yeah, that one's kind of wild. It. It's I don't know, crazy. the
0: Rottweiler guard
1: dogs with laser pack beams <laughs> yeah, kind of creeps that, me out. Oh, yeah, no, it would terrify me. As soon as I see their Rottweilers, I'm like, oh, great, fucking Nazi space dogs are in trouble.
0: But they're not, Rottweilers aren't, we're going to clarify, they're <laughs> good dogs. Right. Depends on how you raise
1: them. <laughs> right, no, Till you see man's best friend. Yeah, uh, I know. But, yeah, no, it's a, it's a wild story, man. But, yeah, there's plenty of other videos you can get some quick takes on it. Some of them go more in-depth than that, but... It's a it's a cool one to look into, but other than that, I, I really don't have anything. Alright, I'm done too, folks. Well,
0: please rate our podcast. Five stars, four stars. It gets us more likes and it gets us out there so more people right. can listen to us babble on innately. All right, folks. Have a good night. Bye. <laughs>